Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There will be a day that <clears throat> I will say, why don't we walk around and spend three, four minutes, uh, you know, greeting and talking and stuff like that. We did a little bit of that this morning. Uh, <clears throat> we're breaking through and out of COVID, and uh, we're, I'm being sensitive to people um, and not putting them into a place where um, they feel uncomfortable. So, um, you know, and then you're not rejected. Someone wants, you want to give someone a hug and they put their hands up, you know. And uh, that's a difficult time, attack of the evil one that brought that into our world. And God is bringing us out. And I know some great things are going to take place because of that. Well, we're talking about fulfilling God's dream in you. And today, uh, we want to talk about a prophetic lifestyle. I didn't say pathetic. I said prophetic, a prophetic lifestyle. I saw a sign regarding a garage sale or a yard sale, and it said this, sale, we are getting married, all of his stuff must go. In Psalm 105, um, it tells us something very particular. So as you're turning, I want to remind you, every person has a God-given dream. And every person has a God-given destiny. And then you ask the question, well, you know, how do you find that dream? And how do you find that destiny? What is the process of that? What is the lifestyle? What are the character issues that can hinder or to bring it to pass in our lives? And as we ask those questions, we must understand God's the one that gave that destiny and God's the one that gave the dreams. And because of that, he's also watching over those. And by watching over that, there are tests along the way that you and I have to pass to be able to step into that dream and reach our destiny. There are tests in life, and sometimes the test lasts a long time. We talked about last time together that the prison test is the longest test, and probably many of us are in that in areas of our life. It's not because we've done something bad. It's not because things are uh, so bad in life or the world, it's because there is something God has for you for your future that he sees it now, but it's future events for you. And because he sees you now and he sees you in the future, he also recognizes there are character issues in your soulish nature that needs to be worked on that now I'm going to use a term that needs to be sanded down. There's, there's a little rough edges there. And he knows that if he just allows a destiny to manifest right away, he knows that those issues, those character issues, those hurts, those offenses, those defensive mechanisms that are in your life that are there, it will hinder and cause the destiny not to be fulfilled. And so God 
has given us the story of Joseph, the story of Moses, the story of Abraham, the story of everybody in Scripture because he also knows your story. And because he knows your story, he knows what needs to take place to ready you for what God has given you in your future. Now, we are learning what these tests are by studying, again, the life of Joseph. Remember, we've studied the pride test and the pit test. Usually, if we fail the pride test in every one of these tests, you get a redo. You know, we, we do it over. And there's not a number, okay, once you do this five times and you don't pass the test, that's it, that's over. Your destiny will never happen. But that's the way you and I look at our destiny with God. Because stuff happens. Satan comes in and he brings Hades on earth and he produces things that look like the, the dream that God gave you will not take place. Or even we've made some wrong decisions. And because we've made some wrong decisions, um, things have happened. And because of that, we look at it and say, there's no way that God could ever do this, what I dreamed about when I was a teenager or when I was 30 years old or when I got married and all of a sudden I've gone through divorce. And because of that divorce, I'll never be able to attain, God, what you told me when I was young because I blew it wrong. That's wrong understanding. That's wrong thinking. That's religious thinking. And so I want to encourage you through this series that we need to understand that what you do, you're not greater than God. What you've done in your life, you're not greater than God. Now, mankind will judge you, and if you really messed up and done things bad and hurt other people, they'll never forget it. But when you ask for forgiveness, what's the Bible say? He forgives you and throws that into the sea of forgetfulness, or literally, I call it that, or literally he will remove it from you. And so we need to understand, people will remember, you will go through situations like Joseph did. Remember, he didn't pass the pride test. He walked around with his coat, and he walked around with all of this stuff, and he just wanted to tell his brothers, and even his dad, look, God's going to cause you to bow down. Now, did God do that? Uh-huh. But there was a reason for that. Because through these tests, he began to pass them with flying colors. His destiny took place, and he became second in command. One night, he was in prison. The next day, he was second in command of the world. Basically, whatever he said or did would come to pass because the king gave him his ring, and he could do what he wanted to do. Wow. Prison one night, the next morning, he was out of prison, second in command of the world. Go figure, who could do that? I can't do that. Can you? But what happened, because he, he failed the, the pride test, he went into the pit test. And then we find the palace test the purity test, and the prison test. Now this week, again, we're going to talk about the prophetic test. God spoke something over Joseph's life. I will say it a different way. God spoke some things over Joseph's life. 
God will speak things into you that you will understand, knowing that some of the things that will be the end result of your life, the destiny that you fulfill, he will wait for a season to tell you some more things as you mature, as there are things shaved off of you that might hinder the next step in your life. So recognize this as I'm saying that, that sometimes you're going through some hard times. And I'm not saying it's your fault or my fault, but I'm telling you there are tests and sometimes the tests are difficult and they're there to take you through it to get to the other side. And when you get to the other side, you're a changed person. And once you're a changed person, then you can take another step into your destiny. Wow. If there's nothing you hear tonight, that's you need to hear. Now, God has spoken some things over every life in this house today. Every one of you, God has spoken to you. Well, I don't hear God. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You blamed it on the pizza the night before, but he did. He's given you dreams, and you woke up, and because where you're at in your life, you think, oh, there's no way that could happen. Yeah, it can. If God can take Joseph out of prison and make him second in command of the world overnight, can he do the same thing for you? He's not a respecter of persons. He will do that for you. Remember the way God creates, though? You have to remember that. The way God creates is he speaks. He speaks. If God wants something, he just says it. So it is God's will that you accomplish some things while on this earth. Or let me just say it this way, something. It's God's plan that you succeed. Disease comes in your life. Hurt comes in your life. Separation comes in your life, but that can't hinder unless you allow it to. And we're going to realize tonight that Joseph got to a place, no matter what he went through, what God said to him is going to come to pass. And that's where I want you to get in this series. I want you to get in this series of understanding that some or many of you have gone through really hard things and heartache in your life. There are choices that you made that were God choices, but the enemy used someone else to bring destruction. And I, what I want to say to you in this series, allow yourself to begin to see that Joseph began to believe God no matter what. How do we know that? Because as we talked about last time, every place, once Joseph passed the pride test and the, and the pit test, every other test, he passed with flying colors. And by passing with flying colors, what was the key of that? Oh, he became perfect. No. He didn't become perfect. Because remember in the prison test, God was going to get him out in 11 years. But because he got frustrated one night, 
he told the guy that he interpreted his dream, hey, tell the king about me. And what happened? The guy forgot about it. Now, let me tell you, if a person tells you what your dream was, that you would be released and not killed like the other guy was, I think you would remember the person, wouldn't you? Amen? You'd remember the person. Well, who do you think caused that man to forget and not tell the king? Because Joseph was going to get to a place where his, his brothers and dad would bow before him. He could have said, see, I told you. He didn't do that, did he? The Bible will tell us, I'm telling you in a few weeks what we're going to talk about, that he goes back behind the curtain and he weeps because of his love for his brothers. No matter what they did to him, he had a heart for his brothers. See, that was the thing. 11 years he could have gotten out, but he got impatient. God, I guess you're not going to do this, so I better do something else. If God spoke to you, remember we're talking about a prophetic test. If God spoke to you, then you need to keep that. And then allow yourself to live a life of biblical character in the process of the stuff that you face in life. Of the junk that happens, of the attacks of the enemy. And keep moving forward knowing God will produce what he said to you. So again, it's God's will that you accomplish something while on the earth. Now, now watch this. And if we respond to what he speaks to us in faith and obedience, we then can step into that destiny he has for us. Now I ask you to turn to Psalm 105 and let's begin with verse 17. It says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons. This is very important. Verse 19, until the time, we're talking about a prophetic lifestyle, a prophetic test. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Very important. This is called the prophetic test. Now notice in verse 19, it says twice, word. The first word is the Hebrew word, debar, or as you would pronounce it, debar. D-A-B-A-R. And that word, word, debar, is stated 1,441 times in the Old Testament. So it refers to any words spoken. I'll explain that in a little bit. Now the second word is the Hebrew word, imrat, I-M-R-A-T. And that is stated in the Old Testament 37 times. And it refers to the literal spoken word of God. 
The first one, any words. The second one speaks of the literal spoken word of God. Now, what I'm going to do now, verse 19, I'm going to read it to you, but changing it so that you understand the difference in the two words and you'll understand what is being said here. Very important. Until the time that his spoken word came to pass, he was tested by God's literal written word. I'll say that again. Until the time that his spoken word came to pass, he was tested by God's literal written word. Now remember that word is uh, said 37 times, uh, speaking of the literal written word. Let me give you uh, other scriptures that has that word <clears throat> in it. Psalm 12, 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalm 18, verse 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Psalm 119, verse 11, very familiar scripture to you. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Okay, that's the literal written word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay, stay with me now. I'm going to bring this together tonight. So your little word I have hidden in my heart. In the Greek, there are two words that are similar to these two words. It's logos, L-O-G-O-S, and the word rhema. Rhema is spelled R-H-E-M-A. Logos and rhema. Logos, in the Greek, speaks of the written word of God. Rhema speaks of the spoken word of God. Now, let me just give a little caveat, but we need to understand the difference in the, the Hebrew and the Greek is the written word, God spoke it through the, the Holy Spirit, right? You understand that. But he spoke it and it was written to all. But there is a word that is spoken that is spoken at times to groups of people or to an individual. God spoke to Joseph in a dream. Okay? That wasn't the written word. That's what God spoke to him as an individual. So, basically, until the written word came to pass... The word of God tested him. That's what that scriptures are, the scriptures are saying. So let me now give you, I'm, I'm building the case here so you'll grab a hold. I promise you by the end, you're going to get it. It's just going to be so pure to you in understanding, in revelation. 
So the prophetic word tests our faith. The prophetic word tests our faith, a spoken word to an individual or a group. The written word tests our character. The prophetic word tests our faith. The written word tests our character. Notice what I said about Joseph is that after the second test, character issues were removed. He still had a little problem in the prison test, uh, and it cost him two years in prison. But the reality is something was used that kept him and tested the very word that was spoken by God in his life. All right, so let's go now to the next level. There was something in Joseph when in the pit or prison, he held on to the word of God. He believed in what was spoken and written on his father's heart, God's heart. Joseph believed God was merciful and gracious and would bring him through the trial because he knew the word that was written about him, the spoken word to him, the dream he kept in his heart. Why? Because the father spoke it and he knew the word that tested him to make sure that he kept believing the prophetic word in his heart. All right, let's go to the next level. Because of believing the word, he believed the prophetic word. Now, what does that mean? This must be our foundation of prophecy and the prophetic word in our lives. The foundation is the written word of God. I'll say that again. The foundation of everything that you hear spoken to you. But God spoke it. The word will always test it and if it doesn't go along with the word of God, then it wasn't God. I've had people sit in my office and say, well, you know, we just, we just believe God, you know, told us to divorce our spouses and we get married. No, that doesn't go along with the word of God. That didn't come from God. That came from somebody else. Well, we just believe we love each other so we can have, to young people, premarital sex. And no, the word of God talks about that. See, you test the prophetic word through the written word. So the Bible tests you. We don't test the Bible. Well, you know, I just know this is God. No, you don't test the Bible by what you feel or what you've experienced. Now, don't shut me out because we've all failed in a lot of areas of our lives. We've all done things we knew the word of God was against. We did it and, you know, praise God for God's wonderful love for us and forgiveness. Let me say it this way. So many things you hear about or is said about Scripture is not in Scripture. If you sit and watch TV 
without a Bible in your hand. And the guy says, well, you know, the word of God says, you prove what was said by scripture. And I will, you know, my old, what I always use as an example. <clears throat> How many of you have been at funerals <clears throat> and people have said through emotions, and I understand that, through emotions, well, you know God. And this is what's happening now. No, that's not what the Word of God says. And if the Word of God does, doesn't say it, then whatever they feel or the emotions or they're saying what they're saying, that makes them feel good for a moment. It's not true. Because you have to test everything with the Word of God. Are you with me? Okay. The Word of God is what the angels watch over to perform them. If you're asking God through an angel, power of an angel, to move and to protect you or anything like that that's according to the word of God, absolutely, right on, amen, hallelujah, it's a done deal. But if you start telling an angel, you know, I am so tired of that person, kill him. You know what, I will tell you, there's probably 3% of us have thought of that. God, I just wish you'd get rid of them. Oops. You know, we, hey, let me tell you, I've had those fleeting thoughts. <clears throat> God, if you, <clears throat> if you just remove that person, things would be a lot better. Probably. But how about God knows in a year someone is going to touch their life and they're going to be transformed by the renewing of their mind because they became born again. But you're a year before that's going to happen, and that person's a jerk right now. Okay? You, you see what I'm, I'm talking about? Because why? Because God has spoken a word to them. I don't, I don't care who they are, where they've been, what they've done. God spoke a word to them. Let me just say this, because of our a lot of our age here, uh, God had spoken to Charles Manson. But Charles Manson went the opposite direction. Amen. Okay, I'll go on. Sin will keep you away from the Bible, and the Bible will keep you away from sin. The written word tests every word that is spoken to you. Because sometimes you're going to get words <clears throat> that are not from God. They're from the enemy. Now, I want to just clarify something right now, because right now as I'm talking, and we're talking about a prophetic life and the prophetic test, I want you to know, I love prophecy. But let's have guidelines regarding the written word and prophecy. Again, every word that is spoken that you hear to you on an individual basis, your home, whatever, make sure it's in line with the word of God or it's not from God. God will never say anything that is opposite of what his word says. Amen. So here's the first thing. Prophetic words are only a part of the full picture. 
There are people that I know that they live their whole life on something said to them in part. And they're not in Scripture. But they're standing in, the, in, in their life believing those few short words that may be from God. But I want to tell you that prophecy is only given in part. It's not the full picture. And we have to understand that. I mean, you see in life, you know, just the last few years that, you know, there have been great prophets who have prophesied about presidents and different things that are going on. And, and it happened, and everyone's like, yay, praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, that something that they were saying was going to happen didn't happen at that moment, and now they want to stone the prophet. I believe in prophecy, but we have been told in part. Anything you ever hear in a prophetic realm is only in part. It's not the full picture. 1 Corinthians 13.9 says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. There you go. There it is. It's not just coming from pastor. It is the written word. We just tested that statement that I stated, and it's true because 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9, talks about it. We know, we know in part. None of us know in full or none of us know everything. The only one who knows everything is God. Prophecy comes through humans or has a human element. Well, the reason why I'm teaching on this is because, you know, Joseph went through the dream and, and this dream came from God and all the above. But when he got the dream, he was talking about the, the end result because he only knew in part in the dream. He didn't know the full picture. He didn't know the whole life that it took to get to that, 13 years. So prophecy comes through humans or has a human element. The prophetic is a piece of the puzzle. Most of your puzzle will always be from the word of God. Most of your puzzle. What happens in, in full gospel circles like us is that, you know, prophecy takes place, and that's all we depend on. And we're not, we're not in the Word of God. I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just talking about, you know, full gospel circles, is they're not in the Word of God, and they're only wanting to hear a prophetic word instead of digging into the Word of God and finding what God already said, and it's written. I love going to conventions and conferences and hear God and see the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit but I want to tell you, that's only in part. Most of the part of your life and my life of getting to our destiny is the written word. But I love prophecy. And it's a part of every one of your life, whether you understand it or not. So the prophetic word is not the whole thing. We need to ask God, what is the bigger picture? And in the process of getting the bigger picture, we need to work with what we know now. That's what Joseph did. What did Joseph do? He went into Potiphar's house, and he, he took care of everything, and he basically took care of Potiphar's home. And in, he did the finances. He, he, he was blessed 
overly blessed because of what he did. What did he do? He lived a life of character. And he would not allow anything to hinder that because why? Of the written word. He told Potiphar's wife, he said, I I cannot sin against my God. I just told you that the written word keeps us from sin. If we're in it more, we have less problems with sin. And the written word kept him from sin. He said, I will not sin against my God, and, and your husband has given me everything, control of everything except you, and I'm not going to touch you with a 10-foot pole. And the Bible tells us he ran. The second thing we need to see, prophetic words ought to be judged. There is a prophecy you have received that's testing you. But the word of God is also testing you. Again, is the prophecy in line with the written word? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, by the way, if you go to OSL, you'll learn a lot about the gifts of the Spirit and what it is and all these things. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Basically what it's saying in a church service that there can be up to three people that prophesy. But then let the others judge, is it in line with the word of God? Not judging the person because there's a human element there. There are times the Lord will show me things to say to people, but I wait on it before I say it. It's not an emergency. There are times there are emergency and the Lord will say, go now, tell them. But there are times I wait on it. Why? Because when I go to them, I do not want to have my human element add to it because I'm a communicator. And I've learned in the prophetic realm is to say what God says and nothing else. And that's what happens is if someone gives a prophecy and then they get the person thinking about it, well, you need to do this. No, 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 no. God spoke to them through you. Let them hear it and let them learn to live out that prophetic realm of their life. We are to test and judge prophecy because none of us are omniscient. Omniscient means knows everything. God is the only one omniscient. None of us, again, know everything. God is the only one that is infallible and omniscient. God doesn't make any mistakes. I learned a long time ago, if there is ever a problem with me doing the will of the Lord, it's not on his side. It's me. Now, prophetic words come through people And if what is said doesn't bear witness to you of what God already said, put it on the shelf. Don't act on it. People have come to me and said, hey, I I went to a church service, I went to a Bible study, I went to a marriage conference, and someone gave me a prophetic word. And I said, did that bear witness with you? No, that seemed opposite of what I've heard God say and and the word of God in me that I've been reading. 
And I said, okay, we'll put it on the shelf. Don't stone the prophet. Don't stone him. It might be something that maybe 13 years later God's going to do. But keep it in your heart and keep it there and don't run like a chicken with your head cut off. No, well, I'm going to say it, with no brains running around trying to do that. When I first came back to the valley, Terry and I did, is uh, there was a gentleman, I, I loved the guy, I spent time with him. I took him to breakfast because I really wanted to hear what he had to say. I understood he moved in the prophetic realm, and I sensed that. But there were things that he was saying to me that just did not gel. I took him to breakfast, and I asked him, what are you saying? What, what's God saying? Well, this is what he's doing, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and I just said, you know what, my brother, that just does not compute in my spirit because that's not what God told me. And that's not what God said to me and said to my wife and many others who, who were, were friends, spiritual fathers, moms, and came in line with that. He says, well, I'm just doing what God told me to do. I said, okay, all right. I'm going to take what you said to me, and, and, uh, and I said it. I'm going to put it on the shelf. I'm not going to forget it. I could tell you what he said because I put it on my, on my shelf here in here. But I haven't acted on that, because if I did, it would not be pretty. And, and the reality is, is, is the guy just, because I, you know, I, I, I didn't say, you're not a prophet, you're not this, you're not that. I didn't get angry at him or anything like that. But he, he kept coming to me, coming to me, writing prophetic notes and different things. And, and finally, I called him in, and I said, I said, you know, I said, I love you, my friend, but um, I, I don't know why you're continuing. Well, I, I'm a prophet. I'm a, you know, and, you know, but then I began to learn about the lifestyle that his wife was going to another church, and then he told me one day, he said, yeah, my wife doesn't want me around when she goes to church, and so I came here, and I said, well, is this, the first church you came to after your wife said you, she doesn't want you with them? No. How many churches? Five. What happened there? Well, a couple of them, the pastors told me to go somewhere else because he was doing the same thing. And, and, and I said, you know what, my friend? I, I said, hear my heart. I love you. And I see and I perceive that God has gifted you in a certain area. But there are some things that the Lord is, is wanting you to learn about where you're at. And once I started doing that, well, he went to his sixth church. And he left. And, you know, it breaks my heart. I'm a pastor. I love people. And, you know, he, he rejected me. So, and, you know, I'm, I didn't fall apart. But, you know, I mean, I'm human. I got human feelings. And so the reality is, is we have to get to that place of understanding. And a, and a prophet or someone who work, moves in the prophetic realm, they need to learn how to love people. And let me say this. And not live a life trying to prove they are right. When the Lord's given me things for people, and I really sense in the Lord, that's what he told me to give them. 
I'm not going to try to like maneuver to get them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Come on, come on, do it, do it, and and run their life. That's what happens with prophecy. People want to run your life, and all of a sudden the Lord will say something else, you know, to keep you in prison. And I just want to say to you, love the prophetic word, but test it with what God's already said to you, your dream, and test it with a written word. Are you with me? Okay. See, prophecy is to edify you and encourage you and bring you comfort not stress. You ever had someone give you a word and you stressed out on it for months because it wasn't happening? What do I do? That's not what prophecy's for. Let's go on. So how do you judge the word? Let two or three listen and judge. You have to have a standard and the standard is the written word of God. There are very prophetic people in this room right now. I know them, and I'm not looking at them right now because they're very prophetic, and I trust them. I trust them. And at times they will speak words, and they'll do things, and I trust them. But they only know in part, and also they're human. Like when I'm teaching the Word of God, Y'all need to go home and get the word out again and test it with what I'm saying. Is pastor right in what he's saying there? I'm tearing apart the Hebrew and the Greek for you and showing you to, to prove the fact by teaching the word of God. But you know what? So, you know, sometimes you come to church and I'm, I'm getting really deep and I'm just boom, 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 you know, bringing it to you and you go, wow, wow. Oh, wow, wow, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what? Write it down, go home, and read it for yourself. Study it out. Make an appointment with me. If I give you a Greek word, and you're going, what, really? I'm going to give Pastor Dan more work. Go to Pastor Dan. He knows the Greek. He'll tell you. Amen. And I free him up, not to say pastor's wrong, but you know there are things that I've done with people. I say, you know what? What they're saying, the content is right; it's scriptural. But in that story, it's not really what that is saying because the Greek word or the Hebrew word says this. I hope I didn't just go over your head on that, but I, I just I want you to understand. I am your pastor and I love you. And I want to do everything I can as a shepherd to protect you and to give you understanding through the life of Joseph. How many of you ladies, um, this happens a lot, how many of you ladies have gone to conventions with women and, and the ladies have become very godly emotional and have said things to you and you came home and you looked of what was said, you wrote it down, and you had no clue. And, and you wondered, why did they say that to me? That doesn't even compute to what I know God is saying to me and my children and my family and my husband. 
And you have to really check it with the word of God. Okay, let's go on. I believe in the prophetic, and God is still speaking, but it must line up with the word of God. Deuteronomy 13, one through three says this. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, listen to what it says, and it comes to pass of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. How many times, you know, when I was younger and I was uh, the associate minister, uh, youth pastor, all the different things at Valley Community Church for 15 years, my wife and I, 15 years, and because of, of what was accomplished and because of my ministry and my love for people, I'd have people come to me and say, when are you going to leave here and go pastor your own church? I believe the Lord is saying to you, you need to go to another church. I'd, I'd joke with them because I knew this truth. And I'd say, why, you don't like me anymore? You don't want me around? And, uh, oh, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I just see how, how anointed you are. And Praise God, but I'm anointed for here. The Lord has me here. And until the Lord says something to me, I'm not going anywhere. So I didn't do that. But see, that was in my heart. But there came a day when someone came to me and presented something to me and so my wife and I went to prayer. A week later, we knew that was the will of the Lord. And, and we went to North Carolina. So what he is testing you with is the word of God. The scripture said, even if the sign he gives comes to pass, then he said, you know, the word says go after other gods. Then the guy, same guy that said something and came to pass, then he tells you, go after other gods. Oh, he's a prophet. Look, that took place. That happened. But now he's saying, go serve other gods or go to another church or go this, do this or do that. Wait a minute. That doesn't agree with the Bible. Don't follow and reject the prophecy that was given to you of going after other gods. Do you see what the word of God just said that to us? It said the guy was, quote, a proven prophet. But then he said something to you that doesn't come in line with the word of God. Don't follow it because something before took place. I didn't say he's not a prophet. What the word of God says, he's out of line because he said to do something that's not in the word of God. Amen. I hope this is helping you. Don't follow a prophet that doesn't line up with Scripture. God does not contradict himself. The word of the Lord is submitted to the God of the word. I'm going to say it again. The word of the Lord is submitted to the God of the, world, of the word. Jonah was a true prophet. Let me prove it to you. How many of you believe Jonah was a true prophet? Okay. God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh to say something. What happens? He doesn't go. 
But God helped them change his mind, didn't he? The big fish. Okay? He goes and preaches exactly what God tells him. Forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. But what happened in Nineveh? Nineveh repented and turned to God, and God didn't destroy it. False prophet, false prophet. No, he wasn't. The reason why prophetic words come is to encourage, exhort, and to bring comfort. Encourage you towards God. And that's what God was doing. They got born again, so he didn't destroy Nineveh. Jonah chapter 4, you find out why he went to Tarshish rather than Nineveh. It literally tells us, Jonah said, God, didn't I tell you this would happen? I would come, I would preach, and they would repent. I didn't want those ugly people repenting. Now, the Bible didn't say that last statement. But that's basically what it was saying. I didn't want them to repent. They were evil. They were sinners. Sinners don't belong in heaven. See, yes, they're only a part, and yes, they are to be judged. But we but believe them and hold on to them when they line up with the Word of God. There are prophetic words given to us that it takes a long time for it to come to pass. Philippians 3, verse 12 says this, Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, or mature, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Let me just say it a different way. I'm not there yet. I have this word in my heart. I haven't matured in that. Man, I still mess up. But I'm moving forward that I may Move into what God said to me. And in that process, you've gone through many tests. You've gone through attacks. It looks like there's no way that's going to take place. But I promise you, you hold on to the word that God gives you. You hold on to the part that a prophet gives you. You don't know everything. And keep moving forward and allowing uh, what God does to shave off the stuff in your life. Bottom line, this morning's sermon. If you weren't here, get online and listen to it. There are three stages of growth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things and hold fast to what is good. Not hold fast to what you like. Because there are some prophetic words given to you. At first you go, what? I don't want that. But then you pray about it. You put it on the shelf. You listen to it. You get in the word of God. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, this was from God. And you move forward. So, what am I trying to bring to you is this. 
Don't despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast to what's good. 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 20. We're going to have to go a little bit quicker here. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Wow. So what did he say? Timothy, there are prophecies made over your life. Hold on to them like Joseph did. There were two others who suffered shipwreck because they rejected prophecy and I turned them over to Satan. In other words, to their own devices. If you reject the spoken or written word, that's blasphemy. Okay, I'll say it again. If you reject the spoken or written word, that's blasphemy. There is some human element, again, you may reject, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You ever done that? Someone said something to you, wasn't in line. Oh, that prophecy stuff is bad. I love prophecy. It's a part of my life. Notice the word part. What's most of my life is the written word. God used Timothy. God used Joseph because they held on to the word and made sure the written word tested it. Joseph in prison could have gotten mad and rejected the word over him and suffered shipwreck. But he didn't and held on and the word came to pass. I'm going to close with this. Are you holding on to the word God gave you? Or have you thrown it out with the baby? Bathwater, have you thrown it out and the baby's gone too? There is a baby in your heart. I'm not talking a literal baby. But there's a word that is a part, but it's going to grow up. It's going to mature in you. It's going to become you. But at first, it's just a dream. And then there's testings in it of all of Joseph's tests character issues, things in your life, what's going on in your life. Decisions, wrong decisions, right decisions. All of these things are part of all of this. But I'm still going to forewarn you. Prophecy is only a part. Don't run with it unless it's bathed, using the same terminology, with a written word and you know it's correct. Some of you have gone through difficult times. You've lost spouses. You've lost loved ones. And people who love you dearly, who move in the prophetic, I just sense the Lord is going to find someone for you, and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you're, you're, you're sitting there, and bottom line, the word's hurting you. Because that's not where you're at. God has spoke to you and said, come. 
Be with me. Sup with me. Spend time with me. Grow with me. Let me love you. Let me show you what real love is. So that's protection of the Lord. You don't go out and mess up and a lot of pain. Some of you uh, at work, you got someone who works in the in prophetic realm, and there was a day you had a hard day at work, and you said, gee, can you pray for me? Yeah. And they pray for you, oh, Lord, just help my, my sister and my brother just to be able to understand your word. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord is saying, you need to quit the job, and I have a job for you. No. No. Scripture in Proverbs tells you, don't you quit. It doesn't say it this way, but that's bottom line what it's saying. I'm paraphrasing. Don't you quit until you know exactly what God's doing. And let me just put it in layman's terms. Don't you quit until you got another job. Amen? Yeah. How many people have messed their lives up because they were being tested in their job and five years later, they were going to rise up and be second in command on, in the business. But because they still had character issues, they got angry and frustrated, and they go from job to job and job, and they're 50 years old, and they're wondering why they don't have anything. Now, I'm not saying, hear me out, I'm not saying that God wouldn't say, go to another job or do something else. But what I'm saying to you, it's testing you. Grow with your Word. Grow up in the Word, the dream that God's given you. That's what Joseph did. And by the time, 13 years later, he was a man of character. He was one of the greatest leaders. And still today, still today, he's reverenced by the state of Israel. And me too. Still today, we teach on him. We, we talk about him. Sure, we talk about his, his bad times and his failures. But wow, what a great man of God. What a great man of God. That didn't happen overnight. God's given you words. He's spoken to you, given you dreams. Your destiny will take place. What God has said will come to pass. Don't give up on it. Just allow God to maneuver and to change you day by day, renewing your mind to the word of God and knowing who you are in Christ as this morning be in Christ. Shall we stand?